The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We are rolling along through the All-32, our look at every single NFL team with uh, somebody tied to that franchise who knows the ins and outs and can uh, break it down from an excellent angle. And join today to talk Broncos, Zach Stevens from DNVR Sports, part of the DNVR Broncos podcast. We all support all podcasts. Zach Stevens, DNVR on Twitter. Zach, what's going on, man? Well, what's going on? Thanks for having me on, man. You got that uh, nice beach glow going on. Yeah, I did do a week of the beach. Thank you. Uh, you're the second person. <laughs> Person noticed that I look very vacationy, uh, <laughs> and one of our listeners pointed out that I'm the only person who can go on vacation while on vacation, which is uh, not not incorrect at all. How's uh, how's everything going for you, man? Oh man, everything's going great. Wish I was on that beach vacation right now, but man, with baseball seemingly back. Man, we have one more month of silence until we could enter the craziest sports time of our That's life. It's, it could be awesome. It's true. We could get like golf, baseball, or like, like we'll get like the Masters, the Kentucky Derby, um, you know, the NFL. I, we, let's hope it all works out. Let's right. Hope. It, let's, and, and playoffs, basketball and yeah, hockey playoffs. Everything on at it once. All. Yeah. You yeah. could be able to parlay golf winners with like the, the NBA finals. It's going to be, <laughs> right. it's an unprecedented, uh, gambling, uh, time. If it, if it actually happens, uh, one of the teams I think people will be gambling on too. The, uh, the old Denver Broncos, my team from last year, uh, unfor- unfortunately, like I was all in on the Broncos going into last year, and then they were better than people thought, but not quite as good as I projected them to be. And of course, when you're, when you're going against a team in the Chiefs division, that's kind of tough, but, uh, it feels like expectations might be a little high for the Broncos this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And man, if only they would have played Drew Locke earlier, like I was pounding the table for all season last year. I think Joe Flacco was what got you. Drew Locke is is the difference between being a losing team for the fourth straight year for the Broncos and a winning team. Like you said, there are expectations all over the place. Um, it, from across the country, some people have the Broncos going 3-13, and 13, which I think is crazy. And there's also some people that have the Broncos competing with the Chiefs for the division this year, which I think may also be a little crazy. But this should absolutely be a winning football team. I think you start – the floor for this team is where they were last year at 7-9. and nine. I realistically think this team 
uh, should be competing for double-digit wins, competing for the playoffs. The Chiefs didn't get worse after last year. Uh, they didn't have that Super Bowl hangover from players getting plucked. So they're still the kings of the AFC West. But the Broncos, I think, should really be competing. Ooh. And I think will end up as the second team in the AFC West. I, I like it. I don't think it's crazy at all. This is a, this might be the hardest division. The West divisions are the hardest divisions in football. Like yeah. the NFC West is loaded. I think it's maybe better than the AFC West, but, I, but I'm not sure. I mean, regardless, whatever the case, both divisions run four deep to me. I think I'm probably discrediting the Raiders a little bit more than I should. Um, I'm, I'm a little right worried. With you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a lot of people are. I'm a little worried about the hype around the Broncos. The, I think the bigger question though, and, and actually, I guess it goes hand in hand with the hype is like, is, is Drew Locke legit? What we, we, we saw good stuff from him, but it was a very small sample size. He is a second round pick. John Elway does not have a history of great quarterback evaluation in the draft. So, I mean, do you believe that, that Drew Locke is the guy for the Broncos? I do, and that's what this season comes down to. Do you believe he's the guy or not? If you don't, then you think it's going to be the Broncos of the last four years. If you do, then you're thinking of where I am, of competing for the playoffs and why I think he's the guy. To be fair, before the Broncos ever drafted him, I really liked Drew Locke. In fact, I was advocating that the Broncos trade up from number 10 overall last year to pick him in the top five because I liked him that much. So I didn't have the bias of not liking him and being a second round pick. And the thing that people point to who don't like Drew Locke, especially coming out of college, two things, in my opinion. One, some people said he had the Baker Mayfield cocky confidence uh, that that would just be too much. And of course, it didn't look like it was working for Baker for a little bit there. So people really jumped on that. Well, the things that people don't like about Baker's confidence and cockiness, uh, I haven't seen Drew Locke do. He hasn't planted a flag in opposing teams' fields. Uh, he, he doesn't uh, keep a hit list of media members that say bad things about him. He doesn't do that. And he gets, he gets along with everyone very well. He talks with everyone in the locker room. I've seen him go around multiple times, talk with vets, uh, guy, guys that are on the practice squad, everyone. So I don't think his personality uh, is a negative at all. In fact, I think it is a, is a huge positive. He's a confident guy. But John Elway said a couple of years ago, you can never have too much confidence from a quarterback. So, boom, I don't think that is a concern for Drew Locke. And the other thing is his footwork and accuracy. And he did struggle with that in Missouri. And a lot of times, guys can't change that once they get into the NFL. And when people said that it, during the draft process to me, you want, you want a guy that's not accurate in the top five, top ten? Uh, I, I was just confident that he'd be able to change that. That was a roll of the dice. And last year, what I saw from him, was that he did change that. And in fact, the Broncos coaching staff publicly and behind closed doors told me that they were pretty surprised at how good he was at being able to, to improve his accuracy and footwork in just one year. And last year, he threw 64% completion percentage. Yeah. Even if a guy came out uh, of college without any concerns, as, as a rookie in his first five starts, you would take that any day. Yeah, and I mean, look, four and one is great, but I think you're right. The underlying stats, seven touchdowns, three picks. Like, he had a better season than Joe Flacco did in five games, you know? And, I mean, yeah. and that's what I get for backing a a 34-year-old Joe Flacco. The, the other reason I think that people want to jump on the Broncos bandwagon, especially from an offensive standpoint, is that, I mean, look, again, credit credit John Elway and credit everybody in that organization because they had the, they had the quarterback in place that they believe in in that second round pick and they doubled down on it by saying, all right, we're going to load up on offensive weapons. They got and they signed Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, they draft Jerry, draft Jerry Judy to, to supplement with, uh, Cortland Sutton. I mean, it, it looks like a team, uh, in Denver that 
offensively speaking, should and by, by the way, they also had a KJ Hamler. I forgot to add too. Um, in the third round pick, draft Lloyd Christianberry. They, they 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 went all in on trying to make it better around Drew Locke, right? They made it so it's going to be very difficult for Drew Locke to fully fail. And that's right. why if he has an average season, maybe you're saying, okay, maybe he's not as good as we thought. But hey, you said it. They have a first-round wide receiver, a first-round tight end, a second-round wide receiver in K.J. Hamler, a second-round Pro Bowl wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. Oh, and by the way, their backfield has two Pro Bowl running backs. Um, and then you also, in the fourth round of this year, you drafted a guy who was Drew Locke's favorite target at Missouri, an absolutely bald and tight end Albert Okuwebunam. And so they nice. <laughs> and maybe the first time I've said that right. <laughs> um, and so they, they gave, they, they're giving Drew everything. And with that, so much talent, like I just laid out, but also so young across the offensive line too. I mean, you're looking at the veteran uh, guy on this team being Melvin Gordon. By the way, he's new to this yeah. offense this year. Cortland Sutton, I guess, it is is the most veteran returning weapon to this team. He's a third-year guy right now. So um, with with how high I think this offense can be, and I think they could they could keep up with the Chiefs at times with all of that talent mm. coming together. But then also, especially this year, Drew Locke's first year as a full starter, all these rookies, you're going to see some lows too. But at the end of the day, I think this offense balances out to be – above average and I think they'll be flirting with top 10 it just depends on how many games do they have where they score 13 points compared to how many games that they have where they score 43 yeah I mean how much is a concern is the the, the this offseason I mean it's I think if you're looking at a team like I mean look you compare that you talk about the Chiefs and the Broncos people load up People build, people in, the, in that division are building to stop the Chiefs, as we, as we talked about, uh, when we had our Chargers podcast. I mean, that's just sort of the reality, right? That's, that's how, like, you're trying to figure out a way to either keep up with the Chiefs or slow down the Chiefs. Yeah. One of the two. But with all these new young pieces, I mean, let's assume Cushionberry starts at center, maybe. Um, you know, you got Hamler yeah. and Judy, uh, Sutton, you know, of course, Noah Fant in there. I mean, we're talking really young guys and, and Locke's still on the learning curve. This could be a team that could be really affected by a pandemic offseason, right? Yeah, there's no question about that. And as, as high and optimistic as I am on the Broncos, this is something that, that you can't skirt around. And this is a pretty big deal. And on top of that, Will, you also have a new offensive coordinator. So it's a new offensive system thrown yep. on top of this. And Drew Locke really took the reins this offseason, especially in the past month got all of these got most of these guys together and what weren't just doing throwing sessions but they were running through the playbook on their own outside of the facility and now of course the NFLPA is requesting that players don't do that um, and so that also hurts the Broncos again so uh, you could definitely see a slow start for the Broncos especially on offense and that's why it, you can't you may not be able to fully judge Drew Locke until what midway through the season and see how he does those final eight games with all of these new pieces. And that that's another thing that certainly favors the Chiefs more than anyone else in this division is no no change. Not even at the offensive coordinator position for them. Yeah, I know. They could Eric Bienemy just couldn't even get hired. <laughs> yeah. um, and what do you think how do you think Shermer will affect this offense, you think it's an upgrade over Rich, Richie Scans, Rich Scandarella? <laughs> yep, exactly. I do think it's an upgrade specifically for Drew Locke because there were, in those five games that Drew Locke played, only one game did Rich Scangarello really let him go off. And it turned out to be the Houston game where he threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, uh, looked like 
he could keep up with Patrick Mahomes potentially at that type of level he truly played at on the road. Um, but then every other game, he was held back considerably. I mean, you just look at the very first game he started against the Chargers. He went out there and threw two touchdowns in the first quarter and then was shut down. I mean, they went into conservative mode. And that was one of the reasons that Vic Fangio decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> he decided to get aggressive with Pat Shermer. Like, let's it, be more right. aggressive. Pat Shermer's who we need, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But Vic, Vic, Vic said, um, you know, I, I'm labeled as this conservative coach because of our offense and I'm not, I want to be aggressive. So, I mean, yeah, he went out and got, uh, 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 Shermer and, I think it will be more aggressive because if you look what Shermer did with Daniel Jones last year, I think that's what you can expect from Drew Locke this year. Daniel Jones, if he would have played 16 games instead of just 12 last year, he would have thrown for 4,000 yards. And what what Daniel Jones did last year was actually pretty impressive. And and that's what I think the Broncos are going to do uh, with Shermer. And Shermer has the quarterback to do what he wants to do, and that's look deep. Yeah, and I mean, I think when you look at Shermer – as an OC, and it's sort of hard to separate, but I mean, like, he had a lot of success in 2013 and 2014 with Philly, and then um, you know, eventually took over as uh, interim head coach when Chip Kelly was fired, and I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. And then he was an OC in Minnesota, and they had very good offenses. Like, he's had good uh, – he gets a bad rap because the Browns and the Giants sucked when he was the head coach, but generally speaking, as an offensive coordinator, he puts together pretty good teams when he has something to work with, and it looks like he has something to work with uh, in Denver here. Excited to see their ceiling. Uh, their defense, though, may be the bigger thing to worry about, and after the break, we'll discuss that Broncos defense. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. So my man Bradley Chubb is coming back from an ACL tear to uh, pair against Von pair with Von Miller. They you know they trade for AJ Bouye, they trade for Jarrell Casey. Two great trades, I thought. I mean, John Elway had a heck of an offseason, right? He I did. Mean, he he did, did, right? Yeah, and it, all the attention goes to the offensive side of the ball because of Drew Locke, because of all the weapons that they added specifically in the draft. But you're right. Well, you can't forget about what happened, those two trades that they did uh, in free agency, what they did. This defense is the number one paid defense in the NFL. So all the attention's going to the offense. And I understand that because it's, it's potentially very sexy. But the defense is what should still be winning the Broncos games. Yeah, I, I would, I would think so, especially the way that, and like, I would think that, you know, I think Zach, when you look at last year, one of the things that stood out to me and sort of stood out to everybody was those early tough, early tough losses for the Broncos, um, during the seat, like they lost to the Jaguars and the Bears on their crazy endings. I sort of wonder if Vic Fangio wasn't quite comfortable calling defensive plays from the field. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was still sort of trying to get, the rhythm of doing that when he's been calling plays from the box for his entire coaching career, like all 400 years of it. And so now all of a sudden he's down on the field. He's trying to get acclimated to it and maybe gets more acclimated as the season goes along. Uh, do you think we'll see this defense come out and be more comfortable in a second year with Vic Fangio and Fangio more comfortable doing all those things, balancing being a head coach in the, in the, in the DC at the same time? 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And not just, yeah, the, the defense getting better, but his game management was very questionable at yeah. the beginning of the season. And this is coming from a team that just had Vance Joseph that had very questionable <laughs> very, game management. Very, very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it got, it got significantly better throughout the season, just like the defense did. Well, with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, the Broncos had one of the slowest starts in NFL history and and creating turnovers and getting sacks. I think it wasn't until their fourth game last year that they got their first sack with a future Hall of Famer in Von Miller and a number five overall pick in Bradley Chubb. But then the defense really picked up and, and they played better without Bradley Chubb because he got hurt in that fourth game. And him coming back could be the difference between this defense being being good, which, I mean, they have to be at least good, and being truly the number one defense in the NFL. Yeah, I think one of the things too is that the, and these go hand, again, like this goes back to Elway's great offseason is like you trade for Casey and you trade for Bouye and you're not forced to use early draft capital on defense because you shorted it up with veterans. Does it feel like with those older, with a trade for older veterans and Vaughn being at his, at this stage of his career and Justin Simmons being on a franchise tag? I mean, does it feel like it's sort of a last hurrah for this defense or? I mean, cause like you don't want to have it all in year with this, with this roster, but it feels right. like this might be, and I mean, I get, you, you retool with Fangio as you go along, but it does feel like this might be sort of a, a last push for a year or two with this defense. It does. I mean, specifically with the defense and look at the way John Elway has built his teams throughout his time as general manager. First, it was offense, 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 not just with Peyton Manning, but then you went out. Uh, and, and you got so many weapons for him with Julius Thomas. Uh, you bring in Emmanuel Sanders uh, and Wes Welker, so many weapons. And then ah, it didn't work in Super Bowl 48. Of course it didn't work. So then he completely shifts right away to the defensive side of the ball, bringing DeMarcus Ware, TJ Ward, Darian Stewart, Aqib Tlaib, those type of guys, wins a Super Bowl from that. Then they tried to stay on that train and ride that for the last four years. Didn't really work out. Turns out, well, you need a quarterback to win in this league. Well, now what you see is a shift happening again, back to the offensive side of the ball for the Broncos. But right now they're in an advantageous spot because as that shift is happening, that it turns to the the offensive side, the defense is still what should win you games. They're the number one paid defense. They have so much talent, so many, the defensive head coach, so they still should win from the defense, but now there, there should be enough from the offense to push them over the edge. And you're really looking at this year and next year. And really this off season, this next off season is when that shift could major, majorly happen because you have Von Miller, who's a, who could be moved on from after this season, Jarrell Casey, AJ Boye. Justin Simmons, so many guys on that defense they can move on from after this season. They could also keep them all if it all works out. So a shift is happening, and it's just depending on how it depends on how this season are. goes, right? Is depends right. on whether or not you you try to run it back. Yeah, Vaughn's got uh, wow, just two years left on his contract. Yep, and next year, this year he has a ton of dead money. Next year, only four million dollars in dead money for 2021, and he's going to cost. 22 million. So they could save 18 million for moving on from him after this year. And it'd be 32 next season. So it's entirely possible. Man, it feels like, it feels like Bob Miller got drafted like yesterday. But, uh, so, all right. So we mentioned the, the season, like what has to happen. What is, uh, I mean, what, what's the ceiling? What's the floor? What's a successful season for the Broncos in 2020 from, from their standpoint and fans standpoint? So in 2017, the Broncos went five and 11. 2018 went one game better, six and 10. Last year, seven and nine. A successful season, 
you got to take a two-game jump. You can't just continue to do the one-game jumps. You got to be a winning team. So a successful season is nine and seven. Really successful ones making the playoffs. And I think, like I said, the Broncos can do that. Uh, if they go eight and eight, it won't be viewed as a success, but everything will be, you know, trending in the right direction is, is how you will sell it. There won't be any major overhauls with this team. Seven and nine, I still don't see any major overhauls. Anything less than that, though, I definitely think you could be seeing some major changes with the Broncos. Uh, seven and nine would be a disappointing season, though. I, I think seven and nine is certainly possible. Look, it's a team where seven and nine is the best season they've had in the past four seasons. But I do believe in Drew Locke. So I believe that they will be a winning team. And right now I'm picking them to go 10 and six. Okay. I like it. 10 and six in the playoffs and, uh, and everybody's sort of pumping it up on, um, yeah, I mean, they're like 10 and six in the playoffs is like, all right, we got something cooking and we're rolling for the future for the Broncos, right? Exactly. And John Elway's back in Broncos country mind, you know, not now the four, four years of losing seasons are over. They've got their quarterback of the future. Everything's moving forward as planned. Sounds, uh, it sounds like a great plan. It's where it feels like in the offseason. <laughs> Hopefully the, the bandwagon won't get too full and I can jump on the Broncos again. All right. Zach Stevens. Uh, thanks buddy for the time. Really appreciate it. Get me, get me amped up for some Broncos. See, I got to talk back on the Chargers bandwagon. Now I'm talking back <laughs> on the Broncos bandwagon. Uh, all my AFC, uh, my AFC West uh, allegiances are, are, are renewed thanks to this this offseason All 32 feature. Follow Zach at Zach Stevens DNVR on Twitter. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Will really appreciate it. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.